Chapter 12, Legacy. A man's legacy would not be determined by how much wealth or influence he had, but by the mark he left in the hearts of the people he came across during his journey. My family and I have a tradition that we do every year the night before Thanksgiving. We have a list of families in need that we deliver groceries and money to so they could have a good holiday season. Most of these families are in the similar situation that my parents were when they first came to this country. They're immigrants. They're probably working two or three jobs to try and make ends meet. And they all came to this country so their kids would have a better future. Thanksgiving is a very special holiday for me because it was the first holiday that I experienced when I came to this country when I was 11 years old. I thought it was amazing that people would gather and give thanks whether they have a little or a lot. The first apartment that my family lived in when we came to this country was a two-bedroom and multifamily house and we had about 10 people living there. We didn't care as long as all of us were together. Fast forward 30 plus years later, my wife and kids will go to these apartment complexes and deliver food for families in need. It brings me so much joy to help my kids see where we came from. But little did I know that this Thanksgiving was going to be the one that I would never forget. After we dropped off the Thanksgiving baskets and food that night, we went to visit my dad. My father was diagnosed with muscular dystrophy when he was about 50 years old. That totally changed the direction of my life. I was 19 at the time and running with the wrong crowd. But all that stopped when I realized I was going to have to take care of my family, including my father. For the past 15 years, he has been in a wheelchair. One of the reasons I loved to visit my dad was because without him saying anything, he represented strength. I know that no matter how difficult things get for me, whether my life or my business, it will never compare to the burden of being stuck in a wheelchair and not being able to do the things that we sometimes take for granted. That day, my dad seemed extra happy. He has such peace inside of him because he was looking forward to spending the holiday season with his family. My mother wasn't there that night because she was out shopping for dinner, so my wife and my kids had a chance to spend quality time with him and let him know how much we love him and appreciate him. We talked about the time that we came to this country and how we saw the snow for the first time. We reminisced about the times that he used to take me with him to the body shop to watch him work on cars. That night, I took the opportunity to tell him how much impact he had on my life. The next day, right before Thanksgiving dinner, I received a call from my aunt telling me that my father had been rushed to the hospital. It seemed that he had some sort of seizure and he was unconscious. I rushed to the hospital and my mother and sister and brother were already there. I asked them what happened and they said that one minute he was fine and the next, his eyes rolled back in his head and foam started coming out of his mouth. My brother-in-law took him off the wheelchair and laid him down on the floor and gave him CPR. He was able to bring him back before an ambulance came, but once the medics arrived, he started seizing again. And the medics had to take my father to the hospital where he was still unconscious. When I arrived to the hospital, I rushed over to look for the doctor to tell me what was going on. And all she could tell me is that my father was unconscious. They were working on him now to try to stabilize him, but he was in serious conditions. I went back to the waiting room and more family had come. I immediately asked him to please start praying because his condition was serious. My mother broke down and started to cry. 20 minutes later, the doctor asked to speak to my brother, sister, mother, and me. And she wanted to bring us to the emergency room where they were working on my father. As the doctor escorted us down the hall, she prepared us to see him. For a moment, I expected to see my dad already in recovery, and she was going to tell us that he would have to stay overnight for some more tests. In my mind, my father was so strong, I couldn't imagine any other outcome. Even with a warning, I still wasn't prepared for what I saw. They told me that they had lost my father four times already, and they kept bringing him back. When I walked in the room, I saw seven doctors around him. I saw them manually pumping his chest, trying to bring him back. I saw the heart monitor searching for a pulse, and everyone tried to stabilize him. And amid the chaos, the doctor turned to us and said, we lost him again. My mother and sister broke down immediately. 
My brother and I tried to find the strength to tell them that it was going to be okay. But I saw the fear in my brother's eyes as my father's life was on the line at that moment. The doctor said, we found a pulse, but he was not holding on. She said, this is the fifth time he's come back, but we keep losing him. I asked if I could go into the room to speak with him, and she let me in. I walked up to the operating table, looked down on him and said, I'm here. He opened his eyes and looked into mine. His hands started moving and the doctor started the procedure again. I saw the tears coming down his eyes and he wordlessly told me that he was fighting for his life and he was not giving up. My mother came into the room and pleaded, don't leave me. My sister kept on screaming, papi, no me dejes, please don't leave me. He had promised to be there for my daughter's wedding. My brother and I were giving him encouraging words as we saw him fighting for his life. Two minutes later, the doctors looked at us and said, there's nothing we could do. We've lost him. We can't find a pulse. I can't tell you the pain that I felt inside of that moment as I watched the doctor slowly remove the instruments and prepare the rest of the family to come in and say their last goodbyes. My mother sat at his feet and cried. About 20 family members crowded the room to say goodbye. My father must have heard everyone crying and pleading for him because I saw his hands move and his eyes open up. We called the doctors and they came in with the machines. They found a pulse. They were going to do everything in their power to stabilize him. They worked for him for another hour. He came back to life more than 15 times. The doctor said we lost count after that. She had never seen anything like this before. But in the end, I saw my father take his last breath. I've learned so much from this man. He was the one who taught me how to love unconditionally, how to honor my word, how to be a good father. He taught me how to look at the bright side even in the worst conditions, how to stand in my own two feet even if I must be held by others. But the biggest lesson I learned was by watching him fight for his life. It was as if he was telling me, never go without a fight. I saw him struggling. I realized that his mind and body didn't want to leave this world, but his soul knew that it was time. His final lesson to me was learning when to surrender. At his funeral, the place was packed. My father was not a businessman or an entrepreneur, but he was a man of influence because every person he met, he shared his love and radiated strength and joy. He fulfilled his purpose in his life by just living and not giving up. I think so many of us fuck up purpose because we think it means that we're supposed to make this grandiose impact on the world or make millions. The truth is, if you're not living with purpose on a daily basis, you're not truly living. My father told me that your purpose doesn't need to be tied up with your business. Your business is a tool that helps you fulfill your purpose. He impacted thousands of lives without owning a company, without being a millionaire, and without having an education. He impacted others just by being a symbol of perseverance, persistence, and strength. What he represents for me was a man who didn't give up, not even till the end. His soul has transcended, and now his legacy is going to live throughout my family and the people who he impacted. The reason I'm sharing this very personal story with you is because we're all going to die at some point, but it's how you live that people will remember you by. And when you're on your deathbed, who is going to be around you is what matters the most. My father took his last breath. He was surrounded by those he loved and who loved him. The reason his funeral was packed was because he lived to his fullest capacity every day. He didn't listen to the story that he couldn't take care of himself. He wrote his own story and he created an impact and lived with purpose. Even in his wheelchair, even in his wheelchair, He's too taller than any man I've ever known. This doesn't mean that he was perfect. He was in pain and some days it was hard for him to accept his reality. 
but this means he was willing to fight to the very last minute of his life for something that he loved, his family. How you will be remembered, how you will be remembered when you're gone depends on the choices you make today. When I looked through my family photos to prepare for his funeral, I realized that every picture we have together, he was in the middle. And that wheelchair, now I see it as a throne. He transcended as a king and he used his pain to fuel his purpose. That's why he left a legacy that's worth fighting for. As we come to the end of this book, my intention for you is that you don't complicate your purpose in life. The first person you need to influence is yourself. First, you have to believe that you have a purpose in order to fulfill it. You could either be somebody's excuse or somebody's reason to live with purpose. Every day you have a choice. You can wait until one day or you can live today. The last King's Code I will share with you is one that I learned from my dad. Give everything you have, all the love, all the joy, all the happiness. Give it all today because you never know if you're going to be here tomorrow. Make today count. Our job as a leader is to fight the inner conflict that we have every day between the man we know we could be and the man that we think we are. The moment that you find your king's code, you'll be able to remember that you were created for greatness and with purpose. No matter how fucked up your past has been, the best is yet to come. Don't let anyone tell you that you're not a king. All you have to do is discover your code and rise to the challenge. The following chapters are the stories of how men have used what you're learning here in this book and how they applied it so they could find their own king's code. I have hundreds of stories of men just like this, but I've selected a handful of stories to be featured in this book so you could see that the principles written in this book are for any man who applies it. No matter where you come from, what your education is, or what age or race you are, every man's birthright is to be a king. All you have to do is remember who the fuck you are. My intention for you is that these stories will inspire you to take action. My intention for you is that these stories will inspire you to take action and begin the journey of discovery and have the courage to build your kingdom from the inside out. I look forward to meeting you one day and learning from your story and finding out what your king's code is. The best is yet to come. Learn it, live it, experience it. Love life.